first of all, we're all in sales. I mean, you could, and here's what's interesting is I could peel back what you just said, you know, a couple different ways. But here's the thing is I go, you know, I want to, I want to help people. I want to be a servant and all that. That's great. So do I. But at the end, right, if we don't sell anything, we don't have a business, right? If we don't sell things, the money doesn't move through the economy at the rate it does. The only reason why I'm sharing this, we got to understand the people skills part of this and the relational part of this. Welcome to the Waste No Day podcast, a podcast specifically for and about the home services industry as it relates to plumbing, heating, air conditioning, and electrical. More than a podcast, Waste No Day is a credo, a determination, a mindset. It is a never-ending discipline. It is a refuse-to-lose pursuit. It is a wake-up call every morning to waste no day. Now here's your hosts, Brian Burton and Nate Minnick. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Waste No Day podcast. Your host, Nate and Brian, hanging out with you again on this fine new day. And we're looking forward to a new guest, Larry Levine, author of Selling from the Heart, will be joining us today to have a great discussion about what it means to sell from the heart, build trust, and hold yourself accountable. It's going to be a great show, and we're looking forward to it. But first, we're looking forward to Brian and what he has for us on our quote. There is no easy button in sales. Prospecting is hard, emotionally draining work, and it is the price you have to pay to earn a high income. Jeb Blount. Prospecting? This guy brings in prospecting out here? In a quote? <laughs> you know why I want to talk about prospecting? We, we don't talk about it on this show. Like, what do we talk about? If, if anything close to it, we talk about marketing. Right, yeah. Like, in this profession, we've made it okay somehow in the trades for the salesperson to allow the boss, the company, the manager, the marketing department, what have you, to take 100% responsibility for finding new clients. Despite the fact that if you're on performance pay, your pay is directly tied to finding new clients. I have to admit, though, I don't know that our company has any uh, incentive on the books for finding a new client, other than the obvious if you get that client and you do business with the client. But I mean, like bringing a client to the company. Right. And why? And not that we shouldn't, but from a technician's standpoint, from me and my truck standpoint, why would I care whether the company has a spiff program or not? I mean, are you asking hypothetically, or are you looking for a little bit of cash in your pocket? Well, it's <laughs> what, what's today, February 13th as we record this. It's 58 degrees and sunny out today, right? So if I'm an HVAC tech, am I loaded with demand calls? You, sir, are not. No, we're, we're scraping the barrel for, you know, we're fulfilling maintenance commitments for sure. Um, and have a few demand calls, but we're not loaded like it, like it, you know, it's 12 degrees with 20 mile an hour wind. It's, it's 60 degrees in the middle of February and one of the colder parts of the country. So wouldn't it be nice if my schedule was full of, we'll call them prospects, but clients who are friends of previous clients I've seen because I promote those people telling their friends about me so hard. Absolutely. That would make life a lot easier, wouldn't it? Yeah, because not only are you getting additional work and securing your future and ideally the company's future, but you're most likely getting similar clientele to what you're already serving, which in most cases is good. Yeah, and what Larry's going to talk about with us is is relational selling, selling from the heart, like building relationships and being relational with the people we serve. And the way you do that, let's say we'll keep it in the HVAC world, you're not a person who just responds to broken equipment, right? Most of the people listening to this from HVAC trucks should be people who move a lot of IAQ products. I don't care what you do. From, from comfort advisor to tech to installer to install helper, 
if you're in any kind of H- HVAC department, you should be talking to people who own or live in homes about cleaner air in their home. In some way, shape, or form. I don't want to hear what brands you have. I don't want to hear what products you do and don't believe in. I don't care. If there is one that you believe in, if you believe that your area has a lot of humidity, you should be talking about dehumidifiers and moist basements. Right? So don't look at yourself as someone who sits and waits for a call to come in with a broken piece of equipment or a maintenance call to be booked. Look at someone who moves indoor air quality products, whatever it is that you believe in. The one that you're passionate about, and maybe that's a lot of them and good, hopefully, but the one that you really want everyone to have in their home. And you should be talking to your clients when they have one put in to say, do you know three other people that might benefit from this? Are there three people that come to mind who you think would love to open their front door after a hard day at work and smell and feel the same quality air that you're going to smell and feel from here on out? Yes? Would you mind giving me their contact info? Would you mind contacting them for me? Would you mind helping me set an appointment with them so I can show them what we did here today? Is that that crazy to ask for? No, I I don't think it is. Uh, Although, you know, if you're... If you, I think it comes down to believing in what you're talking about there, Brian, you know, believing in the product that you're offering, because then it's not really an ask as much as it is a share. Yep. Like, listen, you're getting all the benefits and, and the goodness that comes with this thing, this service, this product, not to mention my personal services, but let's take this same thing to somebody else who could also benefit from it. I mean, that's, you know, like you said, Brian, opening up that front door or turning on that shower or flipping on the lights or whatever it is, the benefit that you have provided, the question that you have answered, the problem that you have solved. You're simply saying like, hey, here's an opportunity for somebody else to have this same good thing that you have right now. Let's let's make that happen. Right. And, you know, we're doing this video contest right now between the, the uh, one hour Ben Franklin, Mr. Sparky brands where whoever uh, gets the most pictures and videos with clients. So like video and picture client testimonials at the end of, what was it a month? Mark. Uh, yep. 30 days. Yeah. January 15th to February 15th, something like that. Got uh, wins a uh, team believe belt, just a tri brand game. And we're, we're pretty far ahead as far as I know. Um, not the biggest shop participating, but we're in we're in a substantial lead. And I'm, this is me making fun of the rest of you who are listening. Yeah, kicked your butts. I think we're around like seven hundred points or something. And you get you get uh, bro, bro. You've been out of you've been in Texas for a little bit. We're over a thousand. Are we really? Yes, sir. Goodness. <laughs> so we're around a thousand points. You get three points for a video, and one point for a pick, and our techs have just been going crazy with it. Our clients have been having a blast with it. They're doing, you know, they're, they're making jokes out of it. One, one client put a Deadpool mask on and like uh, showed up to talk about his new HVAC system as Deadpool. And they're just having a good time with it. But we went from a bunch of techs who were like, I got to ask people to take a picture. Like they don't want to take, to all of a sudden they're making just a big game out of it and having a blast. And it's like easy to do for so many of our people now. And in the beginning, like anything, it was nerve-wracking and scary and, hey, I won't be able to do this. So how is it that much different from asking people for referrals? Oh, that's what it is. Yeah, well, it's a little different because we're not like... That question isn't coming out overtly, but basically right. you're saying, hey, if you liked your service so much that you're willing to get on camera with me and do it like which is actually a harder question much harder than saying like get, <laughs> cough up throw two of your friends on the altar here <laughs> much more difficult to say take a video with me and they're they're bringing their dogs in and they're bringing their kids in and they're just having a, a blast with it all but to say you know and i'm you know and i'm in a position where it makes sense for me to try to bring marketing costs down of course but just speaking from a technician, I had, I still have our technicians put in water treatment for friends of mine, not for free, for like a discounted whatever price, but like, you know, for our normal 
pricing. Like I believe in it that much. I talk about it at parties and stuff. And you also, frankly, forget how to do it. I'm not sure I ever was all that great <laughs> at doing it. I was great at selling it. Tools are in a closet somewhere. Got it. Yeah, of someone else's house. <laughs> well, hey, now it is time now for our review of the week, Brian. You got it. Dennis Creamer, win the day. Five-star review. Mike Chef's got me listening to this amazing podcast. Oh, shout out my man, Mike. He was my trainer at our Daytona Beach location. I have now moved up to branch manager of our Melbourne location. Listening to each and every guest gives me the tools needed to push my technicians forward and provide them with all things possible to not only succeed on every call, but as we like to say, win the day. I think what he meant to say was... Waste no day. That's right, buddy. Yeah, that autocorrected. I get it. It's okay. It's forgivable. We appreciate you dropping that review, Dennis Creamer, and anyone who is cool enough to take the time to go on Apple Podcasts and tap leave review and write us a nice review. Click the five-star button. We appreciate it. And we will get to reading it on air at some point. We're a little behind the curve right now, but we're catching up quickly. So... By all means, we appreciate it and we need it. Uh, jump on there and leave us a review. If you listen on Spotify, you can leave us a re- just click the five stars on Spotify. If you're on YouTube, like, share, comment, Facebook, all the other ones. We're on all the platforms. So hook us up. That's all we ask for. Share it with a friend. Uh, well, what we're going to do now is share this podcast with you, our friends, and we're going to invite Larry Levine to sit in your passenger seat. Our guest today is Larry Levine. He is an international best-selling author of the book Selling from the Heart and co-host of Selling from the Heart podcast. With 30 years of in-the-field sales experience within the business-to-business technology space, he knows what it takes to be a successful sales professional. Larry has successfully sold to customers ranging from right down the street and around the corner accounts to Fortune 500 companies. In the fall of 2013, Larry became a corporate major account representative for a Japanese OEM in Los Angeles, California, one of the most competitive markets in the United States. By using strategies explained in Selling from the Heart, he booked over $1.3 million in new sales in 2014, leaving behind a $1.6 million pipeline for the next rep to develop. Larry now coaches and inspires sales leaders and their teams to do what he did, And since 2015, Larry has coached sales and professionals across the spectrum of tenured reps to new millennials entering the sales force. Both appreciate the practical, relevant, and street-savvy nature of his coaching. Larry joins us now onto the show. Welcome here, Larry. Hey, what's going on? I've I've been looking forward to this. I've been looking forward to it as well because I read your book, and I'm guessing Nate did not. What do you mean? Right. How <laughs> dare you? Of course he didn't. Hey, come uh, on, guys. What's the deal? <laughs> I was waiting for the autographed copy to give to Nate, and it never came yet. So that's what it was. That's what he uh, was waiting uh, for. Hey, hey, Nate. Hey, Nate, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll take care of you. I'll, all I need is your address, and I'll send you one. Perfect. Oh, we'll get that man, to you. Yeah, it's 30 <laughs> grand. <view. laughs> Dude, hey, babe. Hey, but Nate, here's the deal. If you hold on to the book just long enough, it could be worth about five dollars in about 20 years from now (laughs) that's assuming they cut down all the trees and the paper's still worth something (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i i I, uh actually had told you i'd finished the book uh last week when i was in texas with my wife sorry but um actually was cleaning out my garage yesterday and just went to audible to get the next book and realized that i had just finished like chapter seven but you ended the chapter like wow, I can't believe we're here already. And I think, you know, in whatever chaos I was dealing with, I thought that was the end of the book. I think there were like two chapters left. So I finished it. Actually, there were, actually, yeah, they're right. Yeah, you're right. If you're at the end of seven, no, there'd be eight, nine, and 10, there'd be three chapters. Three chapters, okay. But it was perfect because it was like probably around two hours and I, and I um, cleaned out my garage, wrapped it up. Last thing I did other than uh, watch the Eagles lose the Super Bowl last night. And, uh, sorry, that's a shot at Nate, our big Eagles fan here. And, uh, you know, went to sleep and woke up. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) And woke up, uh, feeling like selling from the heart. And as I told you, I, I, 
So this is um, this is a little bit different than your typical like selling book, and I and I'll say this here, and I, and I've said it uh, to some sure. friends already. This is the best selling book I've read since Never Split the Difference. Um, wow, which is probably wow, my favorite selling book. So I, um, I as I was saying to some buddies who were asking if they should read it, it's not a like Never Split the Difference. It's not a like selling strategy book. It's like a how to be a better salesperson, how to be a better person, one, but salesperson, two, uh, more than like how to sell more. But the result will be more and bigger sales. So big fan. Uh, I'll, I'll be highly promoting the book, and I appreciate it, man. No, I it, what you just said means a lot. I'll, I'll make sure I send you the check. Just keep it going. Appreciate keep it. it going. <laughs> I got the deposit already, so th- thank you for that. <laughs> you sent us to Texas last week. <laughs> well, you know, but, but um, I, I appreciate what you said because I just want, if, if you'll just allow me a second, I want to play off what you just said because I remember going back, this would have been, uh, would have been the summer of 2017 when I was teetering with writing the book and I'm having a conversation with Daryl Amy, who's my podcast partner around it. And he knew I wanted to write a book. My wife knew I wanted to write a book, but it just never really came to fruition. So just in some deep conversation with Daryl, as he kind of convinced me that this was the time to write it, I said, hey, listen, I'm going to write a book. It's going to pack a punch. And it's going to pack a punch in a way that's going to get people to think. And the reason why I say that is with all due respect to everyone who's ever written a book in sales and things like that is if you read sales books, they're always tactically oriented, they're uh, skill set oriented and things like that. And nothing wrong with that. But I wanted to take I wanted to take somebody on a journey if I was just as if I was just sitting right next to them having a conversation. And it's just, and it was really my journey in sales. And I just hadn't seen any books written in a long time that take people on a journey that starts with really unpacking who they are. That was the whole premise of why I wanted to write the book that way. It's it's a it's an in your face book, but it you know one of my favorite things is this: is it's iron fist, velvet glove. There's a lot of iron fist moments in selling from the heart, but I deliver the message with a velvet glove. Yeah, and I love the iron fist moments. It's like. Uh... <laughs> Like, come on, like get with it, salespeople. And, you know, that is what we, you know, and I'm in management now, but sell, sold most of my career. And sure, it, it is what we need every now and then is just stop being told how good we are because if you have a sales manager and you have clients that you see and you're a very effective communicator. And then you have a family who's in much better condition, you know, than they've ever been as a result of your selling prowess. And, all, you know, what you're going to get a lot of throughout sure. most of your days is great job, great job, great job, great job. And then next thing you know, stagnation sets in and you're content. And this was nice to just hear, a, hey, get your crap together. You could be doing better. Here's how. Let's go. Well, it, well, I appreciate it. But it and I'm just going to throw this out. Is, it's just so interesting how we've lost that. We have lost the ability to have adult conversations in sales with adults because too many people are worried about getting their feelings hurt. And again, this is my firm belief in this is, you you know what, what happened to some professional tough love? As I said, just delivered with a velvet glove. You know, what, what's happened to accountability and what's happened to discipline and what's happened to non-negotiable things that you need to do in sales. We all know this, but then we just let, we allow people for one reason or another to cut corners. And, and I just, you know, you, you kind of started our conversation off with, you know, a little Super Bowl jab, but I'm just going to use the sports analogy for a second. This is why I've just gravitated guys toward that, towards the Deion Sanders message is this, this guy has just figured out what heartfelt leadership is all about. And when you can bring heartfelt leadership to the forefront and you can bring passion and you can bring purpose and you can combine that with a plan, people will run through brick walls for you. They really will. How many, you know, how many sales leaders out there will pick up on this? I mean, that, 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 that's, my, that's my biggest concern is and again, it's not it's not to poke holes at anyone, and I don't want any any of your listeners to say, "Hey, I'm poking holes and poking the bear." 
it's just to stir the pot that's saying, hey, you know what? As sales leaders, part of leadership is to inspire and influence the people on your team to see and achieve things they couldn't do on their own. That's part of leadership. And in, in doing so, sometimes you got to deliver some tough love, but it's how you deliver it. Well, Larry, this is going to already starting off to be a great conversation. I'm sure it's going to continue like that. Uh, before we get too far, why don't you tell us a little bit about your story? Uh, what have you been doing? Why write a book and, and why uh, continue that message now? Uh, no, it's uh, one of my very first mentors. And yeah, I'll start off saying it this way. One of my very first mentors, this guy's well, well, well into his 70s now. He would always tell me, Larry, he goes, you really never know somebody until you know their backstory. You never know what got somebody to where they're at, what they're doing, the journey they've been on until you understand their backstory. So just a quick flyover is I spent my whole entire career in the copier channel. So that's all I know. That's all I did for almost uh, from the late 80s through the 90s to the 2000s through the middle of the 2010s is uh I sold copiers, document management software, anything that was related to office technology my whole entire career. So I, I started off in the analog world, so now I'm dating myself, so we'll call that pre-internet. And then I rode that through the wave of moving from analog to digital. But um, I always say this, man, selling copiers is tough. Not only is it tough, I did it in Los Angeles, which is one of the most highly competitive dog-eat-dog markets there is. And one of the things that, that really made me different in selling copiers, and, and keep in mind, I mean, copiers, it's highly competitive. I call it highly laggard, good old boys network, um, very braggadocious. I can, and then I'll just slam the door on this and say, just a race to the bottom. It's, you know, in my opinion, and I, I, I'll poke holes, holes at the sales channel I came out of, it was just a replacement economy. You're just replacing copiers with copiers. And I'm just going to cut to the chase on that. But one of the things, a couple of things that I did, I believe better than most is I'm a big believer, guys, in your product to how you were raised. And without getting too psychological or philosophical, is I'm just a big believer that your product to how you were raised in your youth and your product to how you were raised in the sales world. And, and I say this because I was raised with a highly, highly relational mother. And I was raised with a rocket scientist father who was an aeronautical engineer for the U.S. Air Force. So he studied liquid jet propulsion on the space shuttle and F-14 fighter planes and things like that. So that's what I had to grow up with. And I share all this with you because what made me different and what made me so unique is I combined authentic relationships, what I learned from my mother, and I combined it with meaningful business value. And that's what I learned from my father. And I brought the relationship angle and I brought the smart angle and I smashed it all together and I had a very successful career um, in the copier channel until the day I was career adjusted at 50 years old. So that's eight years ago. And at 50 years old, I found myself without a job and I had to figure out what the heck am I going to do at 50 years old? And I thought to myself, you know, maybe the man upstairs is telling me something. And I, and I spent a little bit of time figuring it out. And my wife said, you know, enough figuring it out. You got to figure it out. And my wife is the CEO of my house. And I said, yes, dear, I will figure this out. I made one phone call, and that was to Daryl Amy, who's now my podcast partner. And after a lengthy conversation with Daryl, he says, you don't need to go back into the sales world. What you need to do is you need to go out and coach and train sales leaders and salespeople of what you did in a highly competitive industry, that being the copier channel. I'd never coached anyone before. I'd never managed anyone before, never started a podcast, never written an article, never publicly spoken, and never written a book. But there's one thing that I, that I did is I doubled down on myself and I took a shot at myself. And I started to just share my message. And again, never publicly spoke, found myself speaking in front of a large group of people in the copier channel. And one thing led to another. I'm a big believer. Things happen for a reason. There's the right people in the right spot at the right time. And here we are five and a half years later. I started the Selling from the Heart podcast. I wrote my book, Selling from the Heart. 
and built a big, huge movement just based on bringing back authenticity, integrity, and trust back into the sales profession. And fellas, that's the Reader's Digest version of this. Fantastic, Larry. If you could kind of, uh, you know, summarize this for us, I mean, the world already has a gajillion sales books. What makes yours so special? Uh, Because I'm willing to say the things that people think about, but they don't say because they're too worried about what other people think. And, uh, it, it, and I share it for a reason is the book, when I wrote the book, I decided to kind of bust the book into two halves. And the first half of the book just takes people on a journey. And I'm a big believer that the inner work we do will feel the outer success y'all have in sales. But here, here's, here's where most books and here's where, here's where most sales books go is they talk to the outer success and the outer success, meaning prospecting skills. Uh, closing skills, discovery skills, all, all the skill set part of this, which, which is massively important. But there's very few books out there that wrap the inner part of this with the outer part of this. In other words, how to really unpack who you are to become better. How to, how to really take a step back and go, who am I? What do I want to be? What's my purpose? What are my values? And then smash that together with some of the sales skills you need today, as I believe to be an authentic, genuine sales professional. That's what makes this book different is I take people on a journey and the journey just starts, you know, in the very beginning with just putting the mirror right in front of your face. And I'm a big believer that mirror never lies. The only person that lies is the person looking into the mirror. So it's a hard hitting book that gets people to go on the journey first of uncovering who they are as a salesperson and why, and then the last half of the book is just wrapped around what I believe are the skills to be that genuine, authentic, trustworthy sales professional, which is massively different than a sales rep. So, Larry, we're in the uh, the home services industry, uh, sure. uh, you know, and I don't know how that relates necessarily to copiers in terms of competitiveness, but it's not a it's not a. Uh, siloed market there is plenty of diversity and and the spectrum is in terms of service and scale and everything else is very wide you know from a single man who just decided to go out on his own to 100 million dollar plus industries that uh are are, you know making waves in terms of geography and and ownership and and process and everything else so if you're going to help us understand what it means to sell from the heart Try to place yourself in the role of a, a home service professional, like an HVAC tech or a plumber or an electrician. Okay. And where where should we start? A great question. And, and, and uh, I think here's where you started. And I think this message and my message around selling from the heart, it, I mean, it transcends any any industry that you're in. And for one simple reason, I'm, I'm going to boil this down, guys, to one word, and that word trust. And to me, everyone's in sales. If you are selling yourself and you're selling wares, you're in sales, right? And, and, here, and here's what I want us to think about as we really peel back the, your question is, in order to sell from the heart, you have to unpack what's in your heart, first of all. And then the second thing you really have to uncover is if you're going to sell with, the, with your heart, then you got to understand that we live in a world today and this directly applies to your question, is we live in a world today where they just don't trust anyone, correct? Trust is at an all-time low, would you all agree? Absolutely. There is a, a ton of uh, cynicism and, and skepticism and defense when it comes right. to anything, anybody trying to take money from you. Right. So now I, I, wa- I want to hone in on your channel and just share a quick story, right? Whether that be plumbing or whether that be HVAC, will you allow me to do so? Let's go. So cool. Thanks. So I'm going to use a real world situation that brings out trust and credibility in this re in this, uh, this story I just lived through about three, four months ago. So I had to redo the main line in my house. You're all familiar with that, right? Yes, sir. So this thing has been ongoing issue for years now. So every now and then, right. When it would, when the main line would back up, right. I'd have somebody come cause I had a little, uh, 
flow outside. So, you know, all the, all the nice little stuff that's in there just would flow out into the dirt and onto the grass and make things a whole lot easier. So I'm back up in the house and about every 10 to 12 months, I'd have that little service done until finally I got sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I started to ask, right, various people who I know, who'd you use when you had to do your main line? And I got like three people to call. And I know everyone who's listening experiences this, 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 this is going to hone in on, on your question as well. So after three people come out to my house and the prices were all very much the same, I didn't get a, I, I just, something my gut told me all they were looking for was the job. They really didn't understand me. You know, what are, what were my concerns? What am I really looking for? They just knew I had a problem. And so one day my wife just says, enough's enough. Why don't you call your buddy who I totally forgot was a plumber. But I trust him and he's credible. And I picked up the phone. He came over to the house. I shared with him my quotes. And lo and behold, he did the job. He did the job better than my next door neighbor who had a job done by somebody else at a fraction of the cost. But I'm sharing, I condensed the story, but I'm sharing this for one reason is if you want to unpack how to sell from the heart, you got to understand how to build trust and credibility. And trust and credibility is based on a couple things. Whether this is a solo entrepreneur in your space or a big, huge company that's, that's got a ton of salespeople in it, you have to uncover how to build genuine, meaningful, authentic relationships. In other words, in selling from the heart style, you just got to give a rip about people. And you kind of combine that with meaningful business value. And that meaningful business value is you got to spend the time to educate people, engage with people, bring them insights. And yes, that can even be done in your, in your channel that you all operate in. It's, it's taking that transactional philosophy and moving it to transformational. Because we all know regardless of whether it's your industry, your channel, the channel I came out of, we can insert banking, we can insert finance, we can insert insurance. It doesn't matter. Trust and credibility are at anemically low levels right now. And rightfully so. People just don't trust people. But when you can unpack how to build relationships, which is the people side of this, and how to build relationships and bring meaningful value, watch what starts to happen, how fast you all start to close deals. Okay, Larry. So I'm, I'm tracking with you the start here. What does that look like practically? Because in our industry, um, I would uh -huh. say the majority of people serving on the front line got into the industry for one of two reasons. Uh, one, they, they like tearing stuff apart and putting it back together. Okay. They're mechanically inclined. They've always been so. They were the guys taking the VCR apart and trying to put it back together right. while mom and dad yelled at them, right? Sure. Or two, and this is not necessarily a one or the other, they're servant hearted, meaning that they, they want to take care of people in situations of need. Like I'm hot, I'm cold. I don't have power. I don't have water. Come help fix okay. this for me. And there is a, a significant amount of self-worth driven by the fact that I went out there. I knew what I was doing. I fixed the problem and I made Johnny's day better because he now has hot water. Right. Okay. So we're sure. starting from that premise. And I don't know that if, you know, I don't know your story, but I doubt you got into the copier world because you're like, man, I just can't wait to get out there and sell some copiers, you know? Yeah, no, yeah. We have a lot of that going on where people are, they, you know, they initially get into the industry like, I'm not here to sell anything. I'm here to help and I'm here because I know what it means to put, you know, part A into part B and, and we make it work. So how do we translate that into this message of selling from the heart? Well, you know, I mean, great question, but here, first of all, we're all in sales. I mean, you could, and, and here's what's interesting is I could peel back what you just said, you know, a couple different ways, but here's the thing is I go, you know, I want to, I want to help people. I want to be a servant and all that. That's great. So do I, but at the end, right, if we don't sell anything, we don't have a business, right? If we don't sell things and money doesn't move through the economy at the rate it does. The only reason why I'm sharing this is we got to understand the people skills part of this and the relational part of this. And 
to further expand upon this is I'll just use, um, I'll use these two phrases and it directly applies to your question and even into your channel. You heard the expression people buy from people. Yeah. And people buy from people they know, like, and trust. Well, the, the one that I'm more familiar with is people buy from cheap, uh, people that they trust as opposed to people buy from people that they like. Okay, so let's play off of that because it, it applies into your, your guys' world. If people buy from people they trust, then how do you become trustworthy when people just don't trust people? And so I think where this applies is I'm, I'm a big believer that, say it's in the plumbing and the HVAC space, and this applies straight across the board anywhere, is I believe what people sell, and it, it is memories and experiences. So it just goes back to this, right? My air conditioner is busted, right? And, and I'm sweating my backside off. So I just need to get it fixed. You're reacting to the situation, right? However, really spending the time to unpack this and say, well, if I fix that person's air conditioner, what is this helping them with, right? They're not going to sweat their backside off because when they sweat their backside off, that person who lives in that house happens to be running a daycare. And when they run that daycare without air conditioner, you see where I'm going, guys? Yeah, the benefits keep going up. Exactly. Then from there, then once that person starts unpacking the stories and the experiences behind this, then when they're out speaking to other people, they can share over the last right three weeks. I remember this job I was just at. We helped this person by fixing their air conditioner. We helped this person by fixing their plumbing. And a result of that, this is what happened. Now we can apply that right into your world. It's just moving from that transaction-oriented, this is broke, it needs to be fixed, to this is broke, when I fix it, this is what happens. Well, help me understand, Larry, because you know, in your scenario a couple months ago, you needed your main line fixed. You called out three guys. Uh, you, didn't, uh -huh. you didn't know them. You, you felt like they were treating it like just another job. Then you call out your buddy, and he gets the job, even though he was more expensive than perhaps other people. Uh -huh. and, you know, we can't be friends with every single person that we, we serve. So how do we get on that my buddy relationship uh, level uh, when we're seeing strangers day in and day out? Well, it's, it's, it's a great question. And I'll, I'll, just, I'll just throw this back is, you know, I didn't know any of those three people. However, and, and I'm going to throw this right back out. You don't have to be buddies. And you don't have to be friends, but you do have to spend a little bit of quality time with somebody to really unpack the situation, what's caused it and so forth. I don't have to be friends with everybody. And, and I think you'll agree with that. But what, what I do want to, to key in on is you have to be respectful and you have to build credibility right up front. And that's how you carry yourself. And I may not have ever, and to go back to your, your question, to go back to the situation, I may never even have called my friend if any of those three people would have carried themselves in a way where my gut told me they were really looking after my best interest as opposed to just making the sale. And then how many, and then here, here's another thing that comes out is how many times in conversations, whether that be in your line of work, where I came out of, or anybody in sales goes, just to be honest with you, or trust me when I say this. And the minute I start hearing that in the very beginning, red flags go up. Would you all agree? Oh, yeah. Like, why weren't you being honest with me the rest of the time we were talking? Exactly. But I don't, but, but again, I don't have to be friends with you right up front. I don't even have, you don't even have to like me right up front. But what I do want people to really keep in the back of their mind is how do I build trust and how do I build credibility real quick? Yeah, and just that's being. How I just being an authority w would do the trick, like seeming like an authority because you can, you can go to a doctor and see a doctor who's super warm and kind and knows his stuff, but he connects with you and you're just, you're going to have done whatever he says to have done. Or you can go to a right. doctor who's not 
the warmest and kindest, but is so clearly an authority that whatever he or she says, you're just going to have it done. It's when you have someone who's kind of neither that you, a person who might not get second opinions, typically all of a sudden have a strong urge to call another doctor. Yep. And establishing yourself as a friend will work and establishing yourself as a credible authority on the subject also seems to work very well because here we have successful technicians in, in HVAC plumbing and electrical, and we have some who are so warm and, and fuzzy that, you know, people love them and only want to do business with them. And then we have some people who are just such serious authority figures on, on the subject matter that they're dealing with. They don't get all that friendly with their clients. They tend to be in and out a lot faster, but they do lock up the work at the same rate as the really friendly guys. Sure. And, and, and to play off of that, there's a couple words that just that come to my mind real quick. And it's how fast can you connect to somebody and how fast can you relate to somebody? And that plays out a huge portion in this as well. If I can connect to you right away, if I sense you have my best interest at heart, and if you can relate to my situation that I'm in, and you do it with empathy, when you, and if you do it with sincerity, and throughout the book, and, and I know you've read it, is, you know, I use the term giving a rip. If that comes across, then I start let then then people, you know, start becoming comfortable. And, and, I, and my big belief is this, is the more comfortable that you can make somebody feel about you, the more comfortable they become. And the more comfortable they become, the, the, the sooner they start sharing, I'll call them business secrets, or the sooner they start opening up to you. And that's what you want, isn't it? Absolutely. It's like, it's like here we, we're among maybe the most expensive in town, probably, you know, top three for sure uh, in, our, in our area. And we beat out companies 30% less than us on quotes day yeah. in, day out. Because, you know, like you're saying there, you're, you might have had your friend over to do the job and, and you might not have 100% believe your friend is the best plumber or that you were paying the lowest amount. Yeah. But you're, you're cool with your friend. Your wall is down when your friend walks in the door. Yeah. And that wall being down allows you to hear and feel and connect with your friend in, in a way that you didn't with the other three. And had you, you might have chosen one of the other three, but it's so typical in our trades to just walk in, look at the problem, leave a quote and, you know, walk out as fast as you came in and not really establish a relationship and spend any time with that person. And it's a, it's a tragedy because you should, as a business owner, you should be spending a lot less money on advertising. <laughs> True. And, and that, and that's why I'm a, I'm a big fan of, uh, there's a book that came out about, 10, 11, 12 years ago. The book's called Slow Down, Sell Faster. And it was written by a guy named Kevin Davis who actually came out of the Copier Channel as well. He's got, you know, he's, he's got a couple of years on me. But what's, what's interesting is just that title plays out so much is what would happen if we actually slowed a couple things down in order to actually speed things up? Instead of just meeting somebody, isolating the problem, and that probably, right, you isolate the problem and it takes five or 10 minutes. You know, or to know what the problem is and you go immediately go to a written proposal and you drop it off. What would happen if you just spent an extra little time with that person? In breaking those walls down, in building that trust, in building some credibility, spending an extra little bit of time with them. Hey, when we fix this problem, here's what you can expect. And after we fix this problem, here's what you can expect. And along the way, I'm going to keep you informed and I'm going to keep you updated as to exactly what's going on. Because I'm a big believer that perception is reality. And in the world where trust and credibility is so low, people's perception of the sales world, people's perception of the industry I came out of, people's perception of the industry y'all are in, I mean, the, the BS meters are at all-time highs. So if we can, if we can just step out, instead of looking at this as a transaction, look at this as how can I turn this into a moment where then once 
we agree to agree, that person then can become a raving fan. And that person's going to tell somebody else. And that person's going to tell somebody else. And that person's going to tell somebody else. Okay, so and that's what people crave. So, Larry, is this is this trainable, right? You know, is this is this built in? Uh, you know, hey, listen, Brian's a trustworthy guy. He just has that look and that tone and that smooth way about him that, like, he just makes walls fall down when he walks into the room. Mm-hmm. Or, or can I look at Brian or Larry or whoever it is, and I can say, okay, well, these are the strategies, the tangibles that I can actually employ to make trust building occur faster? It, it's, uh, I believe it's coachable and it's trainable. And, and these are, call these soft skills, but I'm a big believer that, that soft skills, uh, I can lump this in and call them people skills, will actually yield hard dollars. Totally coachable, totally trainable. It's just, it, you know, to me, it hasn't become a focus for a lot of people, and, and I'll share with you why. If we look at things from a skill set perspective, we coach the skill set, but we don't coach the what I call heart set, and we don't coach the mindset. But yet, we use the phrase, people buy from people they trust. This requires people skills, and I, and I, and I remember, this goes back a couple years ago, I was talking to a sales leader and said, you know, we, we've done a great job insert name of company in training our salespeople around the sales process and so forth. But what we've missed the boat on are people skills because we assume and think about this for a second. And this was, this was a direct quote. He goes, we assume that our salespeople understand how to build relationships. And what we sorely found out is they really don't is we assume, right. As adults, we understand how to build relationships. So we, we just don't coach and train to it. So where do people really learn this? They learn it from observing others or they learn it by what I call baptism by fire. But what would happen if we actually coached and trained salespeople on how to build people skills, on how to build relationship skills and how to bring some of this to the forefront? I'm a big believer. We can do this. We double and triple sales results. Right. So this is the, this is the crux of the problem though, right? So you had, you had, uh, you know, a father who was a rocket scientist and a mother who was a, you know, relational savant. And of course they get married because that's what opposites do. But (laughs) in, in our industry though, I would say we tend to have a lot more rocket scientists. Yeah. Engineering type, engineering type mindset. Absolutely. Then we do the, tell me about your feelings and let me help understand why this matters. So if you would imagine your father getting into an HVAC truck, you know, uh, and you trying to help him understand your mother's perspective, which I'm sure was comical at times, whether you knew it or not growing up as a kid, but like, <laughs> I can just it's, imagine. Dude, that. It's, it, it, hey dude, it's still comical to this day and they're both in their eighties. <laughs> so I can just imagine, you know, the, the fireworks that occurred in that relationship, but that's what we're trying to do. We're trying in, in many ways, we're trying to get that engineering mind guy to become the mom over here in in such a way because we know and believe that the relationships the trust and everything that comes with the relational eq is so important and of course we need the engineering mindset but that's already established in many ways and now we're trying to go the other direction which in terms of hiring we've actually made a significant shift over the last several years of hiring more people like your mom and trying to train them like your dad yeah and, and so we have both of these directions going and we're trying to figure out how, how do we get everybody more centralized with both skill sets? So where do we begin on that? What does that look like? Yeah, boy, it, it, I, I'm a big believer. Y'all need both. It, and, and I'm going to say that again, I'm not the smartest whip out there. I wasn't the most strategic. I wasn't the smartest salesperson out there, but Again, I just combined all of this together. But where I'm where I'm going with this, and, and just hear me out on this, and it's just my warped sense of how I think, is I believe that business is personal. And how we do building relationships in our personal lives could also transcend into business. And what I mean by that is think about how we build relationships and nurture relationships personally, whether that be with significant others or with our close friends. We put forth the effort, right? We spend some time. 
and we spend some time and we spend some time and I'm keeping this at a flyover for our time together, but we're already doing this. And this is what I write about in Selling from the Heart. And this is what I poke the bear at out into the sales world. And, and especially if well, you will just use the engineering world, they're smart people, highly strategic. They can think through problems way better than I can. But in their personal lives, they are building relationships. You follow where I'm going with this? It can be done. It can be done. It's breaking down the mental barrier. And this is why it's a, it's a big mindset thing. It's breaking down the barriers that you already all are building relationships. You're building relationships every single day. Those are the people that are close to you, your circle of friends, your family members, things like that. I'm, I'm submitting to you and submitting to your listeners the same principles and the same philosophy that you all go about building personal relationships. You just transfer that right over into the professional side of things. It's removing the, it's removing the barrier and it's removing that mental roadblock that saying, right? I'm here to do work. I'm going to do my work. I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. I'm going to move on. All I'm going to say is continue to do what y'all are doing. But layer in the human side of this. This is the connect and relate. How fast can I connect to Brian? How fast can I relate to Brian? What do I know about Brian? Take the same philosophy that people have used to build personal relationships and apply that to the professional side of life. And that's my big question. We just don't do it often enough. You're right about that, Larry. And that's something that... Um you know, I think we can all grow in and it's a big reason why we do this podcast because there is a lot of engineering mindset and we're trying to bring more of the communication training and all that into the forefront of what the focus should be uh, from a home services perspective because there's there's so much value to walking a homeowner through, you know, why they don't have hot water and how we can remedy that uh, in communication and words alone before we ever start turning wrenches. Right. So, so then just, just, just take that scenario and let's just play this out in building the relationship part of this. How many times will that person, if, if you have one of your, what do you call them? Engineers, technicians, help me out here. Yeah. Technicians. You, yep. That's good. Technicians. Yeah. Thank you. Let's just say one of your technicians goes out and remedies the problem. They can remedy the problem without building any relationship. They can get the job done. It's going to be right. Everything's going to be cool. And they're going to go on their merry way. However, what would it be like if that technician not only remedied the problem, brought some personality to the forefront, connected with that person as they were doing it, got to know them a little bit to the point where afterwards that, that person not only felt confidence with that person, that technician, also felt like they knew that technician. And then afterwards, they left such a good impression, they told five other people exactly what had just happened. The memorability quotient. The memorability quotient of this, and that's what I question a lot of people in there, is, is what would it be like if technicians in your industry, inside your company, started to leave those memorable moments and it doesn't require a lot of time and it doesn't require a lot of effort. It's just showing that you care. And I know they care, but it's in taking this and just throwing, you know, one of my favorite hot sauces is Frank's red hot sauce. And we all know the theme behind Frank's red hot sauces, right? We put that blank on everything. And what would it be like, and you can fill in the word, right, Brian? Sure, yeah, we did the math. Yeah, you, you get all right, going. I, I passed a sticky note to Nate because I don't think he caught on there. But he's got it now. <laughs> right, but you know, it's that word that starts with an S and ends with a T, and you can fill in the blank with the other two letters. Right. Right? But what what would Salt. it be like? No. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Not. But no, seriously, what would it be like if, a technician threw a little Frank's red hot sauce on the job they were doing and actually spent a few extra moments in bringing a little bit more care, a little bit more comfort 
a little bit of their secret sauce, which I believe could be brought out of each and every person to the point where afterwards that person says they happily, right? They happily pay that invoice on the spot. And then once they pay that invoice on the spot, in conversations with their friends, they go, man, this Brian guy is something else. And this is what happened. You're not going to believe this. This person came over to my house and not only fixed his job, but, right, fill in the blanks. And then three days later, they're talking to their buddy and they repurpose the story and they repurpose the story again. Because it's so rare. And this is the people skills and the relational skills that many just don't bring to the forefront. But if we bring that to the forefront in conjunction with everything else we're doing, we exponentially grow our business. This is long-term thinking. It's not just growth. It's, it's like, huh? and, and growth will absolutely happen. But, you know, from a, a manager's owner's perspective, it's growing the business for sure. But it's also imagine the profitability because you've got that technician is now going to be probably staying on that job a lot longer because he's going to have so much more work to do. That client is so, so you don't have to fill the rest of his or her schedule that day, right? The, those yep. other calls that might've been on that tech can get dispersed to other technicians. And now you have four or five friends, you know, maybe four or five hear the story, maybe one or two from each one of these calls, the company and has that tech or another technician out bringing your marketing costs way down. It's all, it's, it's, is more growth and profitability as you can possibly get from one technician. And, and, and this is why I believe this is, this is 100% coachable, but it starts at the leadership level. It's bringing this to the forefront and, and, and spending the quality time as leaders with our people and role-playing with them and walking them through this and sharing with them why this is so important and making them feel good about it. It's about building their self-confidence around their communication skills and their self-worth. Because a lot of this, right, I, I mean, I'll poke a bear at my dad. I mean, he's a rocket scientist, though he's retired. High, highly engineering, very smart. He'd be the guy sitting at a table when everyone else is talking, right, just writing stuff down on a piece of paper. So, Larry, but, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, Larry, I was just going to say, I mean, uh, you know, a, a big part of, of self-confidence and the things that come behind that is is knowing that the system that you have is working, is working well and believing in what you're doing and believing in how you're doing it. And a big part of that is accountability, which you spend, you spend a, a fair amount of the book talking about holding yourself accountable or having others hold uh, you accountable. And in our time remaining, because the time's just flown by here, but in our time remaining, can you speak more about what it means to be held accountable and to hold yourself accountable from a selling from the heart perspective? Yeah, I think it's, um, it all starts with, with self accountability because, you know, a leader or manager can only hold you accountable so much, but you have to be willing to pick the ball up. And I thought this all starts with just this is discipline. This is I call it mental fortitude. It's uh, oh wow! It's uh, you do it because you care, and uh, it could be coached and it could be brought out. I didn't I didn't learn how to become accountable overnight. It's just how I was raised, but then I also saw my surroundings, and I just wanted to turn what I was doing into a career. And I said, "Hey, if I'm going to get from where I want it, from where I'm at to where I want to be, I'm going to have to start holding myself accountable." And I think as leaders, we could coach some of that, but it's sitting inside each and every one of us. We just need to pull it out. Sometimes we just need to pull it out through ourselves, or through mentors, or through coaches. So how do, how do, and, and bringing it in for a landing here. Sorry, buddy. I brought sure. you to it. Um, all right. I'm a technician listening right now, or I'm a, I'm a, a, a technician trainer 
listening right now, I want to get myself or my team to start bringing out their relational side on these calls. Or let's say I'm, I'm you know, an, an engineer type yeah. mindset, a, a high C if, if it's we're using the disc profile um, personality myself and I want to be more relational to do what we're talking about. What are three steps I can start taking immediately to be more like that? Uh, to be more relational? Yeah, because this is mostly what we're talking about is just sure. selling from the heart is just being more relational on these jobs. And as a as a plumbing, HVAC, electrician, technician, your your struggle is particularly for you know people training is we're dealing with people of a mechanical mindset. And we have to sure. pour a lot of ourselves into learning the trade. And that makes us you know, go tend to go the other way against the the relational side and more toward the mechanical side of ourselves. So on uh, so on the relational side, I mean, I, I would do a couple things just real quick. If I'm a technician, and I could go, I could go to, I could go to a, a leader inside your company, and I can say, right, I'm say, Brian, I'm the technician, and Brian, you're my, you know, you're my manager. Hey Brian, I was just curious. Uh, you can open it up with some small talk, but hey, I was just curious. You know, what words would you use to describe my relationship building skills? Right. I mean, we've known each other for quite some time. What are three or four words that you would use to describe me? How I take care of my customers? What words would you use? And then just listen. And then, as a technician, I could go back. Right. I could look back on my last say two or three jobs that I just completed. Now a forward thinking technician could then pick up the phone and that forward thinking technician can just call that person just to check in. Hey, you know, this is Larry over at insert name of company. I was just out last week. Just wanted to make sure everything was done to your satisfaction. Everything going okay. Yes, it is. Hey, I'm just curious. What words, right? First thing that comes to mind, I'm, you know, sorry if I might be putting you on the spot. But what would be a couple words you would use to describe the experience you had with me? Just a couple simple little things like that go a long way. You get where I'm going with this? Yeah, so you want to you want some outside opinion on it to start with. Right, I want I want some outside opinion to start with it, and that's going to be like kind of part A of this. Part B of this would just be then just do some self-reflection. When it comes to my relationship building skills, what words would I use to describe? What do I bring to the forefront? How do I want people to feel? And I'm looking at this from an internal perspective. Then I'm asking a manager or a leader the same thing. And then I'm going back to my customers and I'm asking them the same thing. And then I'm looking for common words that are used there and finding out where's their congruency. Hey, a couple of things is I might learn some things about myself that I had no freaking idea about. And I'm learning that from you as a leader, but I'm also learning it from the people I serve, and those would be your customers. Yeah, and then that, all of a sudden, a couple, and then a couple of things start to happen. I start to increase my confidence because I'm learning some things I may not have known about myself. My self worth starts to increase a little bit. My believability starts to increase a little bit. Me as a high engineering type goes, you know what? I didn't realize these are how people are describing the way I interact with them. You see where I'm going with this? It's yeah. not that difficult. It's just it's just sitting back and asking a few just simple questions and then just peel it back and peel it back from there. Yeah, even asking yourself, how did I make my last client feel? Exactly. How would they describe the experience, right? Yeah, and we should be do we need to be doing that anyway. If you're in a truck, you need to be asking for reviews. And if by all means, if you think that it's not gonna go well, that's the one the most important one you can ask and say Scale of one to ten, how do you think I did for you here today? How was your experience? Right, yeah, absolutely. And just think about this: think about all the jobs they do on a given day. What would it be like if at the end of the week, right, or you know, they set aside thirty to forty-five minutes to an hour? They just pick up the phone and they start calling the people that they they were interacting with. Just ask them a series of questions, not on a scale of one to ten or anything like that. Hey, how would you describe the experience? What words would you use? In interacting with me, what words would you use? If you were to describe this experience to one of your three closest friends, how would you describe it? Oh, that's a good one. 
You got that? You like that, huh? Yep. Well, Larry, we we do like this, but unfortunately the time does not, and we are about out of it. So before we wrap up here, I'm sure people are interested in learning more about uh, what you have to offer. Uh, where can they find the book and the podcast that you are uh, hosting these days? Uh, you can find, uh, if you want a free signed copy of Selling from the Heart, all I ask is you to pay shipping and handling. You can go to sellingfromtheheart.net forward slash book. And I will be more than happy to sign a copy selling from the heart and mail it to the address that you choose to use. And if you want to find us, our podcast, you can find it on any podcast platforms that you choose, or you can find us on YouTube at Selling from the Heart. Awesome. Larry Levine, it's been so good to have you on today. Uh, the message is simple, but the pursuit is constant. And that's why we want to keep having great quality guests like you on. Thanks so much for spending some time with us today. We've appreciated not only your insight, uh, but also, uh, you know, taking it to our level as HVAC technicians and plumbers. And the last thing I want to ask you here uh, is, you know, if, if you could tell our audience one final thing, like the biggest thing that you saw make a difference in your sales career and getting better and whatever it is, what was the thing that you would challenge us with? Uh, go find a coach and a mentor. Even even in your line of work, the biggest thing that, I mean, my biggest aha moment, what got me to where I'm at was hiring coaches and mentors and really help it, having them look at me and help me just remove the, the roadblocks that, that I had. So I'd say anything, if you're a technician out there, you can find life coaches, you can find mentors, you can find somebody who's close to you to help you look at things in a different manner than the way you're looking at it. Monumental growth would happen if you're, if you're willing to go find a coach and a mentor, it could be a life coach, but somebody who can bring outside perspectives into you and help you become better. Solid advice, Larry. We appreciate it so much. Thanks again for being our guest on our podcast today. No, I appreciate it. My pleasure. Hey, that's a wrap for this episode. We hope that you enjoyed your time with Larry Levine. I know he had a lot to offer and that was just scratching the surface. Make sure you check out his book. He did mention his website there, Selling from the Heart, I believe he said .net uh, and forward slash book. You can get your own copy of that. Uh, comes highly recommended from Brian as uh, one of the best sales books that he's read in quite some time. And we were privileged enough to have the author join us today. I also liked Larry's closing words there. Find yourself a coach, find yourself a mentor, somebody to push you, somebody who can help you fast forward to the place where you need to go by helping share their experiences and what got them there farther and faster. And we hope this podcast serves to some degree as one of those mentors in your life as a constant message and voice of not only positive and, and uplifting thought, but also challenge as well. And that's where we want to leave it this particular week with our weekly challenge, which is to choose to wake up every single morning and waste no day. 